my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Airs. I'm Uncle Daddy. I'm Joe Stapleton. He's my work wife, James Hardigan. Let me guess, it's Valentine's Day. I am not that predictable. Happy National Ferris Wheel Day, Joe. Is the London Eye a Ferris wheel? Yes. Next question. Okay, so maybe I can go on the Ferris wheel for Valentine's Day here in London. Coming up on today's show. James, do you have a Valentine? Valentine? What the fuck are you talking about? It's, it's Valentine's the, It's the Day. time for Valens. Idiot. Do, do you have a Valentine? <laughs> maybe. Share something with us. God damn it. I have a Valentine. James has a Valentine. He's being coy. Coming up on today's show, the real shit. We're looking ahead to the EPT schedule for 2024. No PCA this Wait, what? No PCA this year. Yeah, we're now in mid-February. We would have known already if that was taking place. All right, fine. I'll allow it. Plenty of live tournament poker action starting right meow and taking us through the rest of the calendar year. When I say meow, EPT Paris is happening right meow this is not just our ept paris preview show it's a preview show for every ept happening from here on out this year we're also looking back just a tiny bit as we take a little victory lap with ept Prague 2023 champion porig o'neill porig's right right that's how i've always been told the name is pronounced but if the guy's on the show i guess we can ask him podrig pori Irish people are pretty chill, but they do get a little whack with the spelling sometimes. Uh, I've got some fun stories I want to tell this week. Some fun things have happened, including one thing that happened a few weeks ago I forgot about. Uh, we're going to find out what would you do regarding the cashier lottery ticket situation. And, very excited about this, we've got some more details regarding the 300th episode of the podcast. Should we tease the guests? How much do you want to say? I'll just start with this. Watch the TV show, New Girl. More hints coming later. And this week's Super Fan versus Stapes is about something called Grand Tour. <laughs> Probably a little late to ask this question. What is that? Is that is that the Jeremy Clarkson thing? It's the thing on Amazon, yeah. It's the thing the guys from Top Gear did when they got fired from Top Gear. So it's not the thing we did in Vegas during F1. <laughs> no, that was the Grand Touro. Oh, God. Shit! <laughs> All right, well, whoever's playing against me this week, I like your chances. Uh, time for a little update on episode number 300. Yeah, we did announce last week that we are returning to the Hippodrome Casino in London to bring you Poker in the Ears 300 live at the Hippodrome. The date, Wednesday, March the 13th. The location, Lola's, which is on the lower ground floor level of said Hippodrome Casino. It's going to be a live podcast record Followed by a poker tournament, and I can confirm that we will be awarding Irish Open packages. Entry to the Irish Open main event so in you're that saying tournament. I could win my way to the Irish Open. Yes, you could. Yes! And on that theme, Finton and Spraggy will be there. Cool. The guys from the club will be there. That's cool. Adam, Rory, and Boovey. We will have a special guest joining us live from Hollywood. Okay, so one more hint in addition to the last one. I want this to be a surprise, but also I want the people in the room and the people at home to be prepared. So in addition to the hint I just gave, all I will say is re-listen to the episode where we talk about the Netflix movie, Win It All. And that is episode 83. James, thank you for going back and digging that up. That is 
How many? 117 episodes ago? It was back in the summer of 2017. It was a long time ago. Um, We are going to have another special guest joining us in the room. All I'm going to say is this is someone who we've been trying to get on this podcast since day one, and it will have taken us 299 failed attempts. But 300 is a charm. I'm very excited for all of the guests in this episode. Uh, it, it doesn't really get much bigger than some of the than, than these two people. So the evening of Wednesday, March 13th, key thing, how can you get tickets? And at this point, I'm going to encourage you to listen carefully. Fortunately, it's a podcast. It's a pre-recorded show. You can skip back if you miss some of the detail. First thing to say is that we are opening this to PokerStars players in the UK. Now, if there is anyone out there, and I really do think this is a long shot, I think we're under no illusions that even though this is going to be a fun night, it's not necessarily something that people are going to be traveling too far afield for. So if you're not UK-based, you might need to hit us up on Discord and we'll try and sort out something different. On the small chance you're going to pop over from Ireland, let's say, okay. or France, yes, or Spain, someplace that's like not too long of a flight and you do think you're going to come, get in touch with us personally and we will probably figure out a way to get you tickets. Because basically you will be able to find Poker in the S300 live at the Hippodrome in the PokerStars UK client. Nice. Fire up PokerStars, head to the events section of the tournament lobby, or alternatively just search Poker in the Ears or Hippodrome. It will come up. And what it effectively is, is a dummy tournament. It's something you can register for, which is basically your way of registering for interest for this event, but it's not actually an online tournament that will play. It's merely a way of us getting your ID and being able to get in touch with you via the PokerStars system. You will notice that in order to sign up for this dummy tournament, in order to register your interest to come to the live show, you will need to register using a password. So you will need to enter the letters P-I-T-E and the number 300. That's P-I-T-E uppercase 300. So Pite 300, all one word, is the password that will allow you to register. And that's step one. Are there more steps coming before I make my comment? There are more steps coming. Once you've registered, we will have your PokerStars ID, right? Through that, we'll be able to send you an email. So I would say, guys, make sure your info's up to date. All right, sure. Please yep. make sure that your PokerStars ID is linked to an email address that you will actually receive emails to. Because a member of the Poker in the Ears production team will email you to ask two questions. Uh, member. Number one. Please confirm your attendance, because look, we know there are going to be some people who register for this free roll who have no intention of coming to the live show. It's annoying, but that's just the way things work. We will ask you to confirm your attendance. We will also ask you to confirm the name of your guest, because by registering, you are allowed two seats at the show. You are allowed to bring a plus one. You don't have to bring a plus one. If you don't want to bring a guest, that's fine. But we need you to tell us whether you're coming 100% confirmation, in which case we'll put your name on the list, and also the name of your plus one. Please, 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 once you've received that email from our production team, please respond within 48 hours, because if you don't, you will be deregistered, and we will open up your spot to someone else. And like any party, right, we just need a head count. We just need to know how many people are coming. Do we need to invite more people? Correct. Do we have to stop inviting people? It's important to us, especially because, James, what comes with those tickets? What comes with those tickets... 
free drinks, the chance to sit and watch the show, and a very good chance, if you're one of the first to arrive, that you'll get entry into the poker tournament. That's right. It's our aim that everyone who comes to the show gets to play the poker tournament. We can't guarantee it, so it's going to be first come, first serve for the free roll poker tournament happening afterward. So, to be clear, by registering for the tournament on PokerStars, which has no prize pool, no entry fee, just requires that password, Pike 300 you are registering your interest. Once we have your ID, we will then send you an email. You must respond within 48 hours confirming that you're coming and please giving us the name of your guest if you are bringing one. And if anyone does have any questions about this process, if there is anyone who is not a UK PokerStars player who has any interest in coming, Discord. We do put a link to the PokerStars Discord server in the podcast description. We have a dedicated podcast discussion channel on that server. We'll do our best to answer your questions. Hell yeah. Okay, moving on. Quick TV update, James. Yep. I finished Mad Men. My girlfriend was working at an event that got got her home about one in the morning. I had a stand-up show that got me home about one in the morning. And she was like, hey, I know you're going out of town. And I know you only have a few episodes of Mad Men left. Let's watch one right now. I had five left. And I watched one. And she was like, one more, one more, one more. And I watched one more. And then we had three left. And it was like three o'clock in the morning. And she was like, let's do it. Let's just go for you it. You pulled an all-nighter to watch Mad Men? I pulled an all-nighter to watch Mad Men. And I have to say... It was one of the best nights of my life. I'm so glad that I didn't wait. I'm so glad that I watched it with her. And I will say this. I don't know that I've ever seen a TV show stick the landing as hard as this fucking show did. James, I was in tears. I was fucking destroyed. The, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it right now. The ending is genius. I was fucking destroyed. The second to last scene, I'm destroyed. The final scene, I'm destroyed. And then the tag at the end... Extra destroyed, just perfectly, perfectly ended this show without completely having to tell you everything that's ever going to happen to every character moving forward. I've never been rocked so hard by the end of a series, and I stand by my statement that the few interactions with John, John Hamm that I have had, I'm so glad I had these after because I would have been a blubbering idiot fanboy even more than I was originally. Just th this show was phenomenal oh my god i do not have i know i know i'm late to the party guys i know everyone went through this in 2014 i'm sorry this was this rocked my world i'm a different person now well, don't worry i'm going to give you a more modern tv review i need to dial back some of my enthusiasm for the show for all mankind <sighs> because the second half of season four it goes a little bit off the rails and i have to say by the conclusion of season four the shark is very much being jumped very very disappointing <laughs> but is it a space shark is it a shark in a space suit. It's, it's a shark that's so it's jumping so high it's in Mars it's orbit. in orbit <laughs> I will say though first three seasons even the first half of the fourth season still excellent TV and still worth investing your time in but yeah very disappointed in that um, so Joe you for the second week running uh, gave a dilemma yeah. to the audience. So you had that situation, you're in the supermarket, you find uh, a, a lottery ticket, a scratch card yeah. on the ground in front of you. It probably belongs to the old ladies who also dropped their cat food, but the cashier claimed it as their own. Yes. So, and the cashier who had been kind of rude to me already. Yes, yes. good point, good point. So um, we didn't in any way try and color or influence how you should respond to this. So these are some completely subjective takes 
from members of the Poker in the Ears community who posted on Discord. Uh, let's just pick a couple at random. Sampai. I would channel my inner Jimmy the Bastard Ooh. and ask to speak to management. Yeah. Each little error is excusable, but they add up. Not to mention, even if they were allowed to buy a scratch card from their own shop, when did they have the time, and how did it magically fly out of their pocket? It smells like bullshit. Throw the book at them. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. That all, that all makes sense. Peter Kelly, from your story, Joe, I've got to say, the checkout person sounds like a bit of an asshole. Yeah. If she's like that with you, I'd say that's probably representative of her attitude most of the time. With that in mind, while I'd stop short of telling a manager that a staff member had stolen a scratch card, I'd let them know I found it and give it to the cashier on the register. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Sure. So, what did you do? I did nothing. I did nothing. I just took it on the chin. I just thought to myself, I was like, you know what? Well, what is the best that can happen from me doing this? Let's say this person um, has been rude to many customers. And let's say this person um, did, in fact, wasn't their scratch card, no matter who it belonged to. And they claimed it when it wasn't theirs. I was like, is me reporting this situation going to make this person any less likely to behave this way in the future? And I thought, probably not. And probably, if anything, it might make them into a bigger asshole. You get fired over something like this? Do you think you walk out of that store going, well, I've really learned the error of my ways. I guess I better start being nice to people now. One quick follow-up question. Yeah. You were able to return the cat food to the ladies who were in front yeah, of you. Yeah, they hadn't paid for it yet, so, you know. But were they still within either walking distance or hearing distance at the they point you were, found? They were, but they were so old that they were, like, unaware that this was going on okay. behind them. Like they Could needed you just gone, excuse me, is this your scratch card? I should have started with them, but once I said to the cashier, right. then I was like, oh, now it's rude. Now, like, now it's rude if I don't take the cashier's word for it, right? If they go, oh, it's mine, and then I go, oh, excuse me, mm. I don't believe you, you, you poor, sniveling, Lower class, ca of course you're lying about this. Excuse me, are you sure this person? So I did absolutely nothing, but I felt dumb about it the whole way home, but I just didn't know what a measured response would have been. I've got a new one now. I was going to say, you want to keep this going because this is going to be three weeks in a row. I got a new one now. So on uh, my way out to England, my flight had to do an emergency landing in Chicago. Never had this happen before. Uh, one of the pilots fell ill and they made this announcement. Did he have fish for dinner? Yeah, that's right. Surely uh, there would have been a better choice. Uh, so they, they made this announcement, and we were on the ground within like 10 minutes. Like, it was quick. It all happened fast. Land in Chicago at 1.30 in the morning. I'm groggy. I You know, I'd been sleeping. I, sorry, sorry. I, I, hypothetical. What would have happened if you were halfway across the Atlantic? It, less than halfway, they would have turned back. Wow. Yeah, that's the, the protocol. So that's apparently it was lucky that we were still over some major cities. And uh, as I stated, James, which I didn't connect these two things, but I had pulled an all-nighter the night before, thinking that I was going to sleep on this flight uh, to watch Mad Men. Joe, 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 you're a frequent traveler. Why the fuck would you ever assume you're going to sleep on a plane? I mean, I have no problem sleeping on planes if the plane doesn't stop halfway there and make us get off. So I get off. Uh, you got to wait in line for your hotel voucher, your cab voucher, oh, yada, yada. That's the worst. So I'm like not in a cab to like, and there's no cabs, by the way, because there's no flights landing, scheduled to be landing at this point. So the cab line's very long. I get in a cab at 2.30 in the morning, and um, I give the guy the voucher, and he goes, okay, now he's driving me. This, I mean, they must have got a real deal in this hotel because it was fucking miles from the airport. <laughs> 
It was like a 30-minute ride. Normally, it's the opposite problem. Normally, you're literally on the tarmac, and you're kept awake all night by the sound of planes taking yeah. off and landing. No, this was a 30-minute cab ride. And when we got there, the cab driver's like, oh, wait a second, this voucher's no good. And it's like $40 on the meter. And I got the money to pay, right? Like, I don't really... I'm not stuck like some people would be. Some people would be fucking stuck, right? Yeah, some people yeah, yeah. were not expecting to spend money here. So he goes, this voucher's no good. And I go, all right, well, what do I do? He goes, just keep the receipt and they'll, they'll you know, take care of you later. So I go to, uh, I go, fine. He goes, cash your card. I go, card. And at this point, he goes on his little meter. He goes, pop, 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 pop. And it hits a button and adds $23. Hold on a second. On a $40 cab ride, he adds $23 as a credit card fee. Not as a credit card fee, just as a fee fee. Just like additional fees. And I'm like... Oh, fuck this guy. I'm like, what is that? He's like, oh, well, because it's late and it's like a airport surcharge, bah, bah, bah. And so, again, what would you do? What would you do in this situation? Do you get a fight with the cab driver? Is the principle of the thing that even though the airline is going to pay for it or probably my work, right, is going to pick up this thing, it's not my personal money either way that I'm fucking with here. What do I do? Get in a get in an altercation at three o'clock in the morning in a strange city. I'm groggy with a cab driver. I don't know what to do, but the principle of the thing does upset me quite a bit. So again, I put it to you all out there. What would you do? People of Pite, people of Discord. Joe asks, what would you do in that situation again? And how much would you tip? <laughs> That's exactly the kind of thing you do is you basically swallow it, pay it, and tip. Yeah, so just throwing that out there. But what would you do? The podcast discussion channel on the Pokestars Discord server is the place to post your response. Anything else before y we move on? Yes, yes. Okay, so I don't think I told you about this, but Danny Zucker had his 60th birthday party a couple of weekends ago. And it's the first Hollywood party I had been to in a long time. And Danny's not that Hollywood, but it's the first time they're like, oh, there's going to be people there. Like Steve Levitan was there, the guy that created Modern Family and Just Shoot Me, right? So I, I hadn't been to one of these parties for a while and I was kind of anxious about it because, look, I'm not there to network, but obviously networking is something that can happen there. Sure. It's a little extra pressure. And, yeah. Um, so I am there and I'm chatting with Danny when John Cho walks in. John Cho of Harold and Kumar. John Cho, uh, even since then, has written and directed and been in lots of great projects. Star Trek movies? Star Trek, yes, of course, please. American Pie? Yes. Uh, and, you know, a, a very accomplished actor who... And then recently, there's this show on Netflix called The Brothers Soon, or The Brothers Son. It's like a fun kung fu show about the Chinese mafia and, and the, the, them sort of making a play for here in America. And John Cho is this huge joke in the show they're hiding out from the chinese mafia and they go hide hide out of john cho's house it's big <laughs> malibu beach house there's john cho statues and there's john cho, cho paintings on the wall and all they do is like john cho's house john cho's house oh i can't believe we're hiding at john cho's house and then when someone rings the doorbell there's like a john cho theme song that plays and I kind of knew that John Cho might be coming to this party, so I memorized the theme song. Oh, God. So when he comes up to me and Danny and says, like, oh, Danny, happy birthday. I go, John Cho. And then I do the theme song for him. And he goes, ah, what, what is that? And I go, oh, um, the brother's son. Like, there's this huge thing. He goes, yeah, I didn't really have anything to do with that. 
And then, like, Danny just, like, escorted him away from me. I was so embarrassed. So you thought he was in on the joke and actually... He's not in on the joke. Did not find it amusing at all. And, like, Danny had to be like, okay, come on now. Just, all right. Just, just, just give John Joe his space. You went so, to the effort of learning the lyrics <laughs> and practicing that song to embarrass yourself. Embarrass myself. Just totally felt like the biggest fucking asshole for the rest of the night. Luckily, I think everyone got so drunk, and hopefully, jo if John Cho doesn't remember the theme song, he won't remember me from this party. <laughs> hopefully, I can get a redo. Stapes' networking attempts. Going. I got another story I'll save for next week. It's, okay. it's good. Okay. Uh, this is officially our EPT 2024 preview show, but before we look forward, we do need to look back. EPT 2023 concluded just over a couple of months ago, just before Christmas, in Prague, and it was... Horrig O'Neill from Ireland, who pretty much chipped and chaired it. Yeah. Overcoming the behemoth that was John Kite. He lifted the trophy, he pocketed more than 1 million euros, and we can finally talk to him today. Porig, welcome and belated congratulations. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks very much. Thank you for joining us. First and foremost, sorry again about saying your name 700 different ways during... <laughs> the EPT broadcast. I was led astray. I should have just gone to you from the beginning, but I don't like to talk to the players until they've lifted the trophy. That's quite all right. I get My name gets wrong a little bit in America. Uh, it, it's okay. I, I don't mind. don't mind. Okay. What were you trying to say? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I do care. I'll at least get that point across. Uh, let's talk about EPT Prague, Parg. Um, quite a wild final table. Can you if we hadn't been there, can you tell us the story? Can you take us on the journey of what that EPT was like for you? Not just at the final table, but the whole thing. Okay, that's a big question. Um, I don't know. I didn't have much expectations going into the final day, but uh had gone very smoothly up to that. Uh, I think I entered third or fourth out of, with nine left, and then with five left, I had a chip in a chair, as you guys said. Yeah, and uh, wasn't expecting too much, and then, then it all went really well right up to heads up where we spent a long time. Me and John got to know each other, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll remember that for quite some time. Uh, but yeah, chip in a chair and uh, got very lucky. Uh, John was playing very well, and I, I was fortunate enough to uh, get the job done. And then, I mean, you say you didn't have any expectations coming into that final table. You know, as the shortest stack right the chances are you're going to go up first you must have had like goals like maybe i can ladder up one spot maybe i can ladder up two spots almost like a financial target maybe you can get to but i'm guessing that i mean i think i don't think any player at that table other than john could have been thinking realistically about victory what did he have like two-thirds of the chips in play yeah he had a, a ridiculous stack um yeah i would have very happily uh, wouldn't have happily taken four but i i would have taken it if you if you offered it to me yeah. at the start of the day um third would have been unbelievable i think zao had 70 big blinds so if i was him i would not be thinking i i would be thinking i fancy my chances but i'd probably be in his shoes trying to get the second before before uh, looking at taking out john because john had so many chips um yeah. But yeah, it was it, it was crazy. And once I doubled up, even I I wasn't out of the woods. I I had to fade uh, had to fade a flip against John just to uh, not get fifth in the end. So uh, yeah, delighted. So when you say that things went pretty smoothly for you leading up until the final table, um, 
no big spots that you can remember, no all-in for your tournament life, no flips, anything like that? Oh, very much so. Uh, the first hand of day two, I finished on exactly starting stack, and I was all-in I pretty much the first hand. Uh, button opened, I shoved a pair, and they called with two overs, and I held. And, yeah, if uh, that doesn't happen, obviously, uh, Reg is over at that point. Uh, but, yeah, there was, I'm sure there was plenty of other... Remember flopping a, a set day four or five against top pair and getting a full double up to bring me from 60 big blinds up to 120, which nice. changes uh, things uh, dramatically. And uh, then I had a really tough table, which I think we we're on the feature table. Steve O'Dwyer uh, was on it. And that was a, a super tough table, a lot of tough players. And uh, just a lot of big spots went my way on that, on that uh, final table. The runouts helped me. There was, there was some bluffs before the stream as well. Uh, but I was another day, I think, Steve or whoever else uh, gets my chips in, in these situations. So uh, very fortunate. So having um, run into you here at this final table, having spent a lot of time watching you, you were relatively new to us, relatively new for being on me and James's radar, but you didn't seem like you were that new to the Irish poker community. Uh, it seems like they were all quite aware of who you were and no one was really that surprised by this deep of a run how surprised were you heading into this <laughs> did you know that you have this in you yeah i i think i i had it in me i, I it, you have to get very lucky to make this type of run but i knew once i'd, I'd be in the situation i was more than equipped i i fed more hands than probably anyone on that final table so i was pretty um, I wouldn't say I was confident that I wouldn't make a big mistake. That's yeah. uh, I, I could make a big mistake, obviously, but I was I, I, I was confident enough. And yeah, I've been around the Irish scene since 2010, um, playing smaller than EPTs. But uh, yeah, they they would have known I, I make my money online, and I'd say they 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 knew it was in me as well, like most people. Yeah, I mean, Finton was one of the people saying, oh, Smidge, yeah, he's a great player. And clearly you have the talent and clearly you've had results. But you're right, to go deep in an EPT, talent alone is not enough. This has got to be the right circumstances and the right event on the right day to just cut through. The, the variance factor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like, basically, like, I'm going to Paris now. Uh, maybe you're talking about that next, but... yeah. Uh, already the buy-ins are i've kind of written them off and if i do well it's fantastic and if i don't uh yeah whatever like but um it's yeah you need to be so fortunate over a thousand people in the tournament how many tournaments on a sunday do you reg and get knocked out of and then you'll play the same amount in a year live so it's um you just have to be fortunate and yeah it worked out a few people said to me actually uh, it was about time i did something like this which <laughs> i thought <laughs> I thought it was uh, pretty well done, the seven figures, and they were like, yeah, you should have done it five years ago. And it's like, I had to, it wasn't really a choice. <laughs> a very Irish response to that. I, I do have to wonder, Porg, you said that uh, you went into the final table thinking that you had played maybe more hands than anyone else there, and you, you know, you've, you've been in, on the scene since 2010. What have your results been like uh, in that? you know, more than a decade? Has it been just keeping your head above water? Has it been a struggle? Have there been times when you thought maybe this isn't for me and that maybe you should uh, move on to some other sort of career? What has that journey been like for you? Um, I've been fortunate uh, after the first year or two to be quite comfortable, um, cool. I, I have to say. 
Yeah, I haven't really struggled. Now, I'm not I haven't won massive amounts. Um, I had one or two, well, three or four results around the six figure mark, and uh, it keeps you going. But uh, I think I only had one or two years that it was like, oh, this is uh, this is not ideal. Maybe one actually, and um, then the following year was fine again. Just put in more work. Um, but I never actually thought of uh, moving on after the first year or two. The first year or two, now yes, it was a bit. Yeah, it, it took me a while to get to to, uh, to get above water, as you said. Yeah, and you, you talk about putting in the work, and this is a consistent thing we hear now, is that the amount of time that players are taking to study, to review hands, to go over concepts, away from the tables, combined with the time spent at the tables, which we know from experience can be mentally and physically exhausting, that dream of being a poker pro, it is a full-time job, and it seems like it's becoming more stressful and more like a real job than ever before. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think it, it is, and I've put in plenty of 50-hour weeks in my time, maybe a little less now, especially with, with family. But uh, yeah, you have to be, if, if I don't put in the five, six hours a week outside the plane, I do feel like, oh, wow, I've marked like 20 hands. I really need to get to them. Um, but uh, yeah, you just have to keep on top of it, and some people can get by a natural talent, but they're few and far between. And yeah. I don't want to be cocky and think I can, can do that. So uh, my opponents are going to be studying. Um, so, yeah, I need to need to outwork them is basically my feeling. So what brought you into this game in the first place? How, what's the origin story of Porygo, Neil? How do, how do you discover poker? Um, yeah, so I was on a football team in Ireland and we were told we, we can't drink during the summer. We're all 17 or 18, and one of the guys suggested we meet up once a week and play poker instead. And yeah, that's how I started playing. It ended up going twice a week at weekends, and I actually thought uh, I didn't actually like it. I, I said, this is a bit too much, guys. Can we go back to once a week? Um, but then I got back to college. I wasn't doing anything. I started watching YouTube videos, and I was like, wait a minute. There's strategy to this game I hadn't, re hadn't realized. And I did notice one player in particular kept winning in our home game and he was a bit younger and he was just better than everyone else. And I was like, OK, I'm going to read into this. So ended up buying some poker books and uh, yeah, playing a lot uh, through college and eventually uh, started winning. And I was like, OK, uh, I'm, I'm hooked now or I, I want to get better at this. So I actually want to uh, roll things back slightly. You mentioned that uh, you know you have to put in extra work after all the playing hours, and you said that sometimes you'll have 20 hands marked that you need to go over. What is it that makes you mark down a hand? Like, how do you find those 20 hands? Are they hands that you lost, hands that you – you? I assume that we analyze hands that we lost a little harder than ones that we've won, but those are worth looking at too. So I just want to know, how do you make your criteria for what you need to study later, and, and how and how do you study them? Do you plug them into something? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, generally the uh, humans are going to find hands they lost more intriguing, and we're going to try and study them, but – if, if I think a, a spot is close, like I, I might mark 20 hands and then five or six of them I'll run over and go, well, that's nonsense. Why did I uh, mark that? That's completely normal. I just lost that hand. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll plug them into uh, GTO Wizard or PO Solver or uh, HRC is a favorite of mine on final tables where you can uh, like basically push fold, but it's got a bit more advanced down through the years. And uh, yeah, I, I would I'd say there's plenty of hands I don't uh, eventually get to, but um yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's important to do, and not just hands you win as well. Um, especially on final tables, I I, I like to run them. I kind of like the idea of you running like an aces versus kings all in hand pre flop just to make yourself <laughs> feel better. Thank you, <laughs> 
I made I made thirty bucks there. This is fantastic. Well done, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you you did mention that your play schedule and your study schedules had to change a little bit due to family stuff happening. I I never ask people to like completely expose what's going on in their personal lives if they don't want to, but I think it's relatively well known that you have a, a new family. Yes. Yeah, I uh, got married uh, two or three years ago, and uh, yeah, we have an eight-month-old son who's just started crash, so uh, he's starting to bring home the little flus and bugs to us, so I'm a bit under the weather here. Um, oh, no. But um, yeah, it, it's part and parcel of it, but uh, um, yeah, like before this call, I was kind of str- scrambling. Uh, my wife, her meeting ran a bit late, so I was like getting the phone out, and I had the baby monitor one side, <laughs> my dog the other side, Um I, I thought it was a video call, so I thought you'd get a, a shout out on the on the on the podcast. Um but uh yeah, it's 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 different, but uh it's it's great obviously. And a lot of my peers are um, start having families as well. Again, I, I don't wanna expose anyone's personal life on uh, the poker podcast, but a lot a lot of guys in the Irish scene um are starting to have families. So great, um great for the great around this age. We're all starting at the same time. And I guess that means you have to kind of pick and choose i guess what events you can travel to and what you can play we're obviously looking ahead to the ept 2024 schedule and i think you already mentioned porig that you're coming to paris we'll get back to that in a moment i'm assuming the irish open is something that will be a a must play for you (laughs) yeah i'll have to go to the irish open yeah an hour away but you know i'll I'll have to get in the car and go to it i've never missed one yet um but yeah, I before Prague, I, I had planned to just play the Irish Open and then go out to the World Series for uh, just for the main event. That was my plan for this year. After Prague, I was like, my wife said, you probably should go to the next one. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and maybe Monte Carlo. She, when I mentioned Monte Carlo, she was kind of like, what, wait, what's this now? But uh, she looked at schedules. She actually uh, looked very far ahead. She said, we could all go to, Par- uh, to sorry, uh, Cyprus. Uh, so she had her eyes on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I, I have to pick and choose. I'll go to the Irish Open and some select few tournaments. Um, the, the days of traveling for two, three months a year are over for now, unless I bring the whole family. So speaking of all of a sudden your tournament schedule getting filled in, your live tournament schedule getting filled in a little bit more after this win, what sort of change in stakes are we going to see from you? Are you just going to pocket that money automatically sock it away in a college fund or are you uh are you going to take a run at more and bigger events uh, i actually set up the college fund and uh, the amount of documents i had to, to sign and show them where my money was from uh, so the college fund set up and oh is that why they called uh, me yes yeah they're like you know this guy um yeah that's me with the trophy in him <laughs> look at the yeah, giant comedy check <laughs> yeah um, yeah, I'm going to bank it. I, I, I'm going to get a house and I guess play a few more EPTs though. And um, I think the 10K in, in Paris, I might play, but I, I'll probably sell some percentages to that now. Um, I'm not just going to uh, jump up in stakes. Winning a big tournament doesn't make you better overnight. So um, I'm happy enough to play. 5,000 is enough for me to play in uh, mostly, I think. Sounds like a Other very than... sensible approach to the game, but pleased to hear that you are coming to Paris for two reasons, because we're still waiting for that first player to go back to back and win two consecutive EPT main events, oh, we could be soup. we could be waiting a while. But... I, I like Parg a lot, but let's not put this kind of pressure on the boy. I mean, geez. Okay. More importantly, the can reason... you hit three home runs in one game? More importantly, the reason why I'm thrilled you're coming to Paris is because uh, Joe has prepared a quiz for you 
trivia related to the French capital. Oh god okay that, that's uh that's bad news for me but okay. look if you're gonna uh, i want you to come into this city a little more educated you're a dad now you can't just be walking around the streets willy-nilly you need a little bit know a little bit about your surroundings okay it's a multiple choice quiz and uh <laughs> look i'm gonna be honest i don't expect much from poker players it's not that hard <laughs> good good I mean, you spend 55 hours a week playing and studying. When are you going to fucking read a French tour guide book? Here we go. <laughs> Question number one. Which of the following works of art is not found in the Louvre? You do know what the Louvre is, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, great. Okay, yeah. wonderful. All right, here we go. <laughs> Which of the following works of art is not found in the Louvre? Is it? He gets a point for that, right? Yeah, for he's on what... the board already. Okay, yeah, brilliant. Just for saying yes. Absolutely. Nice, nice. The Mona Lisa. The Venus de Milo, the Code of Hammurabi, or Le Pacte de Lou? I think I already know two of them. Uh, it's going to be a guess. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go for the third one. Why not? The Code of Hammurabi is, in fact, in the Louvre in Paris. Oh, wow. I uh, missed that one. <laughs> Le Pacte de Lou is a mid early 2000s werewolf movie. <laughs> To my knowledge, it's not in the Louvre, but maybe I stitched you up uh, there. Can you imagine if they were having the, a screening of it in the Louvre while we're in right, Paris? Right, I'm like, ah, I was fucking wrong. Okay, question number two. If you published a photo of the Eiffel Tower at night, there's a chance you'd face charges for breaking what kind of law? Would you be breaking copyright law, homeland security law, Napoleonic law, or Asimov's Law. How TV breaking copyright law? Uh, Napoleon, some sort of old law from Napoleon says, maybe? Did he say he said copyright law was the first thing he said? I, right? The first thing I heard him no, say was copyright law. I heard him law. say copyright oh, law. I'll copyright. take it. I'll take it. Copyright law it. is correct. I so, believe it's something to do with the light show. So the Eiffel Tower is copyrighted, but the copyright oh. ran out on the daytime. Oh. Eiffel Tower in the oh. nighttime, the lights being added, like in 1985 or something, uh, or whatever they were added, that copyright law still exists. That's so, a great hashtag <laughs> fun fact. Here we go. Question <laughs> number three. The Love Locks Bridge or the Bridge of Love. Now, do you know what that? Do you know what I'm talking about here, Park? N no idea. All right, so no this idea. bridge in France, in Paris, where all these people would go and put a padlock on the bridge. Uh, to okay. signify like a relationship, they usually write the initials on it. Very appropriate for Valentine's Day here today. Uh, so good. this Love Locks Bridge had one million locks removed and replaced with glass panels to block future locks. For what reason were the locks removed? Was it because people hanging in the locks were holding up traffic? Was it because the weight of the locks was causing structural damage to the bridge? Was it because the bridge became a hunting ground for pickpockets and con artists? Or was it to shoot an Evian commercial? <laughs> uh, the weight, is it? The weight is correct. Okay, boom. That was the logical the answer. Logic that was a me. poker player's answer. That's right. Question number four. The French army is the only European army to still use what? Berets, bayonets, carrier pigeons, or rotary telephones? Uh, 
bayonets. I, I don't know. The answer we're looking for there, unfortunately, was carrier pigeons. They're still. I, I know. I know. It sounds like a comedy answer, but berets and bayonets definitely still used by some U, uh, UK armed forces. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I said European, James. The more you know. <laughs> Just kidding. Do you need just kidding. me to tell you kidding. the difference between the continent of Europe and the European Union? I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, yes, carrier <laughs> pigeons. And if you think about it, if all the communications go down around the world, right, like an electro electromagnetic pulse, carrier pigeons still work. Still pretty reliable. Hopefully they don't get fried by the radiation. <laughs> Delicious. Question number five. The Bloody Mary cocktail was allegedly invented in Paris, and it was supposedly made for which famous resident was it made for Victor Hugo Ernest Hemingway Coco Chanel or Gerard Depardieu Hemingway Hemingway is correct okay your score is Boom. four and two and there are still two questions to go it pays to be a famous alcoholic <laughs> yes <laughs> question number six the main bell of the Notre Dame Cathedral. Close enough. Has a name that sounds like a very famous softcore porn character from the 80s, 90s, and even today. Is that softcore porn character called Amandine Amour, Madeline Maison, Emmanuel Arsan, or Jenna Jameson? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Um, what's the third player? This, a, a poker player? This kid, <laughs> by the way, is so young, he doesn't have to know softcore porn. He just gets to go to the real stuff. All of us that grew up in the 80s had to, like, find, like, fake porn on TV. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, a. Go for A. I don't know. Amandine Amour is a name I made up, as is Madeline uh. Maison. Emmanuel Arsan is the title character, the titular character of the Emmanuel series, and Emmanuel, the male version of it, is the name of the main bell. Not that the score matters, by yeah. the way, and not that there is any prize here, but you're currently four and three, Porig, so if you get this last question right, you're a winner. If you get it wrong, it's a tied game, so you're not a loser. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'll take it. All right, question number seven. About 20 tourists per year end up being diagnosed with something called Paris Syndrome. What is it? Is it a state of severe culture shock when Paris fails to live up to expectations? <laughs> is it lockjaw and vomiting that can manifest after drinking water from the Seine? Is it a paralyzing fear after being caught in the catacombs? Or is it when a man or a woman marries a baguette? Uh, B? B? <laughs> Lockjaw and vomiting that can manifest after drinking water from the Seine. That might be a thing, but it is not Paris Syndrome. Apparently, throughout time, tourists have been found in a state of severe culture shock when Paris fails, fails to live up to expectations. <laughs> Symptoms like have been known to include hallucinations, a rapid heart rate, dizziness, and nausea. It is a real thing. So that is a tied game, four and four. As I said, Porig, not a loser. You're very much a winner. You are an EPT champion, and we wish you every success at the first stop of the 2024 season of the European Poker Tour. We will see you in Paris.
it, thanks. It's going to be great to go there. I'm going like to be there and help you get through your Paris syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to know more of these answers when I get there. <laughs> thanks a lot for your time, Park. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's my Okay, that was then, this is now, and this, coincidentally, is the theme music from EPT Paris, the first stop on this year's tour. Inspiring, I'll say. <laughs> um, it's, it's not a lot to say in terms of the schedule for EPT 2024 compared to 2023. It's near identical. I think the key observation from me when I'm trying to plan my life for the year is that Barcelona is a bit later than last year it runs into the first week of september it's not over until like the 9th or 10th of september oh that is a little bit later huh yeah yeah um but it is effectively um a tried and tested season kicking off with paris in february yeah monte carlo late april early may mm-hmm. barcelona at the end of the summer cyprus in october our second trip to cyprus and then prague just before Christmas, and I think we talked about this towards the end of last year, Joe. On the one hand, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think the last EPT season was very successful. I think, fine, let's repeat it for another year. I would say, and again, this is me speaking personally, when it comes to EPT 2025, I do think we need just one tweak, just one kind of like new destination or bring back an old favorite. I don't think we can necessarily do three years in a row with the same five stops. Yeah, what you're saying is that um, carbon copy one year to another, fine, but give me a little variety Correct. next time around. Um, I mean, hey, I like to take a couple years off from the PCA, but I wouldn't mind seeing it back on the schedule in 2025. Well, I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing a new city altogether. I How about I'm, Baden Baden? Have it, we been there in a while? Uh, it was Baden, not Baden. Yeah, so let's do Baden Baden. Okay, just let's do all the Badens. Yeah. Um, I would say it doesn't have to be a substitution, right? I don't think it would be unreasonable to have a sixth stop on the Just add one in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, let's talk about 2024, and let's talk about what we've got coming up in Paris, which I think you highlighted, Joe, does indeed start today. So the FPS kicks off on the 14th of February and then segues straight into the EPT Festival. Now, would this be the first anniversary of Paris? Yes, it would be. All right. I always uh, get that wrong. So... Same hotel, but new venue. It's actually in the Palais de Congrès, which is when you walk to the back of the hotel, there's a tunnel which leads you through to this huge conference space, this huge venue. A tunnel. We don't even have to go outside. Don't have to go outside. And I would like to think that more space will result in a better experience. I don't think we were under any illusions last year that things weren't perfect with the way that Paris ran. It was not a great experience for every single player who attended the event. Hopefully, those kinks get ironed out, and with more space, with a more suitable venue, it's it's better for all. As long as Peter Jorgen is back, I don't really care. That's all I, <laughs> that's all I need to make my Paris trip worth it. So the FPS main event is up and running. It's got multiple day ones, multiple starting flights. We will be streaming the final table 
of the FPS main event. It's going to be the first day of our live stream, which is going to be Monday, the 19th of February. We then get a day off. It's France, working time regulations. Oh. And then from Wednesday, the 21st. Wait, we have a day off? Yeah. We I can't. Last year as I well. Can't I didn't have a day off last year. Yeah, you came in late. I don't remember the last time we had a day off at an EPT. Holy shit. I'm excited. What should I do? What should I do in Paris, everyone? Um, Has anyone spoken to Joe yet about that vlog thing they want him to do on the 20th? I'm not making this up, by the way. You might not have a day off. There is something else that you might be doing. Well, I hope no one from the French Board of Labor is listening to this podcast. Sadly, as an entrepreneur... Fuck, I am not an entrepreneur. ...slash freelancer, <laughs> you are not covered by those rules. Mailed! <laughs> so... From Wednesday the 21st onwards, we will be streaming the EPT main event, following it through from day two to its conclusion on the Sunday. Look, it's a format you've come to know and love. Seeing the final table of the regional event and then seeing the last five days of the EPT main event with the usual broadcast team. Already established that Joe and I will be there. Nick's coming to Paris. Griffin's coming to Paris. Maria is coming to Paris. She did not play the event last year she is coming to EPT Paris 2024 primarily to play but if it doesn't work out in the main event and let's be honest it won't for the vast majority of players she will join us in the booth Marina is just like a person who feels very suited for Paris she's, she's very elegant how can I put this nicely I'll just say elegant again <laughs> very elegant lady that is is fits in very well in the classy city of Paris one thing I would say, Joe, even though you missed your day off last year, we did have a fair amount of downtime during EPT Paris last year. We got to go to some of the local restaurants. We got to hang out with your friend Lauren. There were plenty of evenings spent at the Canadian Embassy, which is the <laughs> bar across from the hotel. So hopefully we'll get to see a bit of Paris outside of the hotel in the Palais de Congrès. We got to stand in line for the steak free place this time. We blew it, I think, last time by, by not getting in that line. So let's do it. So we will be live every day at 12.30 local time. That's 12.30 Central European time, with the exception of our first stream on Monday the 19th, the FPS final table. That'll be at 1 p.m. And, of course, the EPT final table, the last day of broadcast, Sunday the 25th of February. Again, we'll be live at 1 p.m. local time that day. And one thing I'll highlight is the last two days, so the Saturday and Sunday, the weekend, a chance when everyone should be at home with the possibility of playing some online poker. Mm hmm going to have some free rolls for you guys. We're going to be awarding tickets to the upcoming Sunday Million Anniversary. We gave you the save the date for that um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's happening in April. And if you want to play that for free, we're going to be giving away $215 Sunday Million Anniversary tickets in free rolls on the Saturday and Sunday for our live stream viewers. All right, stick around and hang out. Not only do you get uh, probably what's going to be a great final table, but also you could cash in potentially. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything else Paris-related. Any questions, concerns, issues? I'm sure that I will come up with them long after I should have known what the answers are. It's going to be my classic, you just going, how do you not know the answer to this by now? But no, I'm good for right now. Okay, and just to clarify, talking about future stops, we can give you specific broadcast dates for Paris. We just have. Suffice to say, there will be a live stream of sorts from the future stops in Monte Carlo, Barcelona, Cyprus and Prague, but we'll confirm exactly what we're doing from those events nearer to the time.
So that's the EPT preview done with. To conclude this week's podcast, we have Superfan versus Stapes, and for that we need this week's Superfan. So we say hello to Santori Ulisela. Hello, Santori. Hello. Santori, what's up? I, I feel like this this name is like part Latino, part um, f- f- uh, f- Finnish? It's 100% Finnish. And you can hear from Santori's dulcet tones, he very much has the sound of a Finn. Yes, very good, very well noticed. Sentry, have you got a Valentine? I do not. What What do you do? What do you need? Do you mean to set you up? I mean, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> All right, let's talk. Let's talk after this. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a feel for uh, for your vibe. Okay. Third thing. So obviously, we normally ask people what their deal is, what you do for a living, what yeah. you can tell us about you. I can tell that you're a poker player because I can hear you riffling chips. And yes. he doesn't have a date for Valentine's Day, so <laughs> two for two. And I have a poker book somewhere back there in my thing, in my next to my bed. <laughs> All right, what is your deal, Santory? Well, I the main thing I do is uh, sports. I'm a big athletics fan, and that's what I've done all my life. And I got into poker, and I actually played poker a lot when I was a kid. And then uh, closer to when I got 18, I started to get back into it with my friend. And uh, basically since that, I've been spectating, watching, playing poker. And uh, I'm currently a student. What are you studying? Uh, nothing special. I'm still in like university, I mean college. Which university are you at? Whereabouts are you in Finland? Uh, I mean, kind of in the middle. I don't know what else to say about it, really. Uh, <laughs> in, the in the middle, not in the middle, not where, not near the capital, not in the north. I'm in the middle. <laughs> say the place. I'll know it. It's Seinäjoki. I know where that is. Okay, I have a reasonable geographic knowledge of Finland. I, I gotta know. You said that you're into sports in Finland. I gotta tell you that most of the sports that make it out of Finland to the rest of the world are like cell phone throwing and log rolling. Is that the kind of stuff we're talking about? No, they're just main sports. Um, I mean, you didn't mention wife carrying. That's my favorite one, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> wife carrying and uh, so is it. Wait, so it's basketball and and it's don't, soccer. Don't forget the hobby horse. And oh, the hobby horse! <laughs> I've I've seen that. I don't do that. But I don't watch it. But I've seen that. I've seen articles about it. Basketball's uh, yeah. kind of big in Finland, right? It is. Yeah, we have the one the very good guy in NBA, right? I don't really spectate basketball, but I know that. All right, Santeri. Well, you must know something about the Grand Tour. Yes. I mean, did you do this just to put me on tilt? Don't you know how much no. I hate Jeremy Clarkson? I mean, sure, but I also <laughs> love... The show is amazing, okay? In my opinion. So I've only... Here's some good news for you, Santeri. You might have... Uh, you might not have a Valentine, but you're probably going <laughs> to end up some prizes here because I have not seen much of the Grand Tour and uh, yes. if you listen to the rest of the show, you'll know that I didn't have time to watch it because I had to stay up all night watching Mad Men and then crying about it for the next two or three hours. So even though I do enjoy the show, if you could separate the art from the artist, the show is good. The show is entertaining, but I have not seen much of it. Let's go. <laughs> One thing I will say is I know, and I think this was true of the stuff that these guys did when they worked with the BBC on Top Gear, the production values and some of the ideas they have for making features clever. are very clever. Yes. Um, right. Ten questions on the board compiled by Patrick. Uh, Santori, as our guest, as our super fan, you get to go first. So please give me a number between one and ten. Ten. 
Question number 10. Which celebrity holds the record for the fastest lap time in the celebrity face-off? Mm. Uh, wow, what a question to start it off. Huh? Well, multiple choice options are available if oh, you want to take okay, them. Okay, yes, okay. Okay, it does course. reduce the number of points you can score to one. Uh, the options are David Hasselhoff, Anthony Joshua, Kevin Peterson, and Rory McIlroy. Trying to remember because I've seen the episode. I'm trying to remember. I mean, uh, just to clarify, I remember, all those people I, are celebrities. Yes. <laughs> I remember Anthony Joshua had like a crazy lap, but I don't remember if it was the fastest. Um, I'm going to go with Rory McIlroy. It was actually Kevin Peterson. So no score Ooh. in the first round, but Shame. I think you'll probably be okay. I've seen how hard these questions are. Joe, <laughs> any number other than 10? Uh, geez. Ah, I'm already stumped. Let's go with nine because of my lucky number, but also I'm going to set Centuri up with a nine for for his Valentine's Day date. Ironically, I think this is the one question that you will know the answer to. I think Patrick deliberately made this number nine, thinking you'd pick number nine. <laughs> All right. Which streaming Pressure. platform holds the rights to the show? Amazon. Correct for two points. Oh, thank God. I want a question. Okay. Well, luck of the draw. Uh, <laughs> nine and ten have gone, Santori. There are still eight questions to pick from. One. What TV set do the presenters drive through while in Morocco? <laughs> Morocco TV show. Oh Which TV show was filmed in Morocco and they drive through the set or the setup for where this TV show was being filmed? Options are available mm. if you need them. I do need the options. Okay, I, I think the options it. are going to give it to you because there is one that stands out from the rest here when you think about Morocco. Is it Stranger Things, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, or The Mandalorian? Breaking Bad. No, it was Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh, I, I, I honestly, I, I have not watched Game of Thrones, so I was like, <laughs> I didn't know. Sorry, I, I don't typically do this, Centauri, but I have to ask you, which scene in Breaking Bad do you think was filmed in Morocco? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I couldn't tell you. At least you didn't go for the Mandalorian where not a single shot is actually filmed outside I of a actually, giant stage. I thought it was... I would have gotten down between Game of Thrones and Mandalorian because don't they shoot all that Star Wars shit in fucking Africa? No, no, no. Mandalorian is filmed in this thing called The Volume. None of it's filmed on location. Oh, wow. Uh, right. Joe, two through eight. Uh, let's go number two. Okay. What was the name of the test track in season two of The Grand Tour? I'll take the choices, please. Is it the Ebola Drone, Short Circuit, Britney Steers, or Baby Got Track? They always, they're a little edgy, right, with their sort of thing sometimes. So I'm going to, the, the Ebola was the first one, right? The Ebola Drone, yeah. That's the second one? Short Circuit. I'm going to get rid of Short Circuit because it's not offensive enough for Grand Tour. What are the other two? Britney Steers yeah. and Baby Got Track. I feel like they would go with Ebola. Yeah, you know these guys too well. That is a point. Santori, you're down 3 0. Come on, get back oh into my this God. game. Three, <laughs> question three, four, five, six, seven, or eight. I would have known easily the questions. Okay, I'll pick it correctly. That's clearly the reason I'm losing here. Or maybe I gave you the points. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> let's go four. Question four. four. 
How many seasons of the Grand Tour have been made? Why? Correct. You got two points. Jump right back in there, buddy. Okay, Joe. See if you can hold on to the lead. Uh, give me question five, please. What was the name of Jeremy Clarkson's creation involving a cross between a Land Rover and a Mercedes? Oh, God. What? Would you the choice? Like the, the choices, yeah. The fantastic, the excellent, the brilliant, or the stupendous? Huh. Not a lot of differences between those three things. I no. thought there'd be some context clues. Nope. Nuance. Uh, one more time. The fantastic, the excellent, the brilliant, the stupendous. Let's go with stupendous. It was the excellent. The excellent. Okay. Not super clever. Disappointing. So coming into the <laughs> penultimate round, you have the chance to take the lead here, Santari. Three, six, seven, or eight. Oh, with my lucky number, seven. Always coming seven. Yes, always coming seven. Okay. What was the show's budget for the original 36 episodes? Original 36 episodes. I feel like I could nail it, but I'm sure I'm not sure if I want to take the risk. Okay. He has three points, right? There. You get two points if you can nail it without the... Uh, He's the asking how many I have. Uh, Joe yeah. has three, you have two. Okay. So you'll tie the game if you basically can get one point here. Uh, I'll take the choices. Okay. Yeah. Smart. I hate gonna... to take it, though. Is it two million pounds, 30 million pounds, 90 million pounds, or 160 million pounds? One more time, the questions, the answers. Two million, 30 million, 90 million, or 160 million? I'm gonna go with the largest one. That was 160. Yeah, it's that Bezos money. Absolutely, 160 million quid was the budget for the original run of the Grand Tour. So we have a tied game, but Joe, you are one question ahead, as it were, or behind. So right. you have three, six, or eight to choose from. James, in honor of Chinese New Year, number eight, please. How many episodes of the Grand Tour have been released, not including the new episodes set to be released on Friday the 16th of February? Well, it's at least 36. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the choices. Is it 36, 44, 54, or 70? I don't think Patrick would be so daft as to put 36 in one question and have 36 be the answer to the next one. So let's eliminate 36. Okay. What's the number in the 50s? 54. Let's go with 54. It was 44. Ah! Okay, final oh. round. Three oh. or six. Odd or even? Odd or even. Odd or even. Three, six. Mm. Let's go with... Oh, it's a crucial one. I need a one I can nail. I can. I have to put the pressure on him, right? We got we got a real sports fan over here. He's doing the whole <laughs> gotta, getting that drama, the buzzer beater. Which number three. did you go for? Three. Number three. Okay. I need the exact date. I need the day, oh, the no. month, and the year that the uh -huh. first episode of the Grand Tour premiered. Ooh. I think I can nail it. Okay. Plus. And I'm going to say, just to be clear, I'm assuming this is based on... It's an international release, right? So I'm assuming the release date would be the same everywhere. 
I, yeah, like in Prime, like four Prime, right? Yes. Like I, four I prime. assume that's the thing. <sighs> I know it's November, and I know it's 2016, I believe. And but I'm not like I have three options for the date. I know it's like ah, it's like 33 percent chance for this. Dude, I know take, it's in the mid. It was mid-November. Take the one like, point. No, no, no. Wait, I'm gonna think about this. Why? What's the gamble? No, it wasn't early. It was like later. I guess I remember it. I remember. I remember the date. Just and to I, be clear, if you give I me the wrong this. number, Jimmy the Bastard is not gonna take your answer. If you take the options, I, I think you stand a good chance of getting one point here. It's a 50-50. It's a 50-50. It's either 16 or 18. I'm not... You know there's one of 30 days in November, right? No, I, I remember the date. I remember because I did some studying last week. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, right. I, okay, stick, okay. I checked the first date, so, so I remember it from so there. So I'm, 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 I'm going to give you a little mini spoiler here. You're, uh -huh. you're not wrong. 50%. One of the answers you gave me is I, correct. I, one of the answers you I gave know me it, is wrong. I know it is. I know it is. Um, I'm going to go with... Good luck. Good luck if I get it wrong. Uh, November 18, 2016. Spot on. Hey! Oh, come on! It. Let's go! <laughs> come on! Okay, so Joe, cool. yeah. in order to tie the game, yeah. you are going to need the full two points of question six. Yeah, sure. This is options, not options. Right. What are the Grand Tour Awards called? <laughs> Never getting this. <laughs> I know it is. Can you imagine if he took a complete punt and managed to nail it? <laughs> Hold on. The Roadies. No, they are the Nigel Awards. Yeah. So the final score is three points, <laughs> Joe Stapleton. Five points to Superfan Santori, which means you will get a $109 bronze power oh. pass. You will get a Poker in the Ears t-shirt. You will get... A poker in the ears or always coming seven mug. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. That was very fun. I tried to give you some points in the beginning, but I had to catch <laughs> yeah, it up. Yeah, right. I had to catch it up. And if I can just sweeten the prizes, I did say I would try to work on a Valentine for you. How do you feel about divorces? Divorces. Hmm. We're talking, we're talking like mid-40s, one or two kids. <laughs> No, I, no, I'm good. I, I, Thank I, you so I, much. Good? Okay, I'm well, also, on, on behalf of PokerStars, going to urge you to take these negotiations offline. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh. already rejected them. Well, she's hot as fuck, my friend. Santori, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. All right, my babies. That's just about all the time I've got for this week's show. Coming up next time. Stands to reason, the week after EPT Paris, we'll be recapping EPT Paris. It's a great format. The week before the event, the preview. The week after the event, the recap. Two podcasts ticked off the list. Boom. Not much we can do about that. However, we do have a special recap of the Global Poker Awards. Yes, because they are taking place on Saturday the 24th. So we're going to be streaming EPT Paris. To be honest with you, we'll probably be asleep because of the time difference when the GPAs are taking place. I'm going to be on pins and needles. I'm not sure that I'll be able to sleep all the way through. I'm going to be checking my phone pretty regularly. Okay, well, I'll get the results in the morning. Suffice to say, good luck to all the nominees, especially our very own Francine Watson, who will be there with two friends of the podcast, former guests Elliot Rowe and Steve Price. Yeah. And yeah, I guess 
either will speak to the EPT Paris main event champion or someone who makes the final table of that event or a worthy winner from the Global Poker Awards or maybe a combo of the above. I really, I really, it's got to be Francine. I got it. We got to make it. We got to make it happen. Speaking of guests we've been trying to book forever, she's one of them somehow. Our own boss. We got to get that award in her lap so she finally comes on the show. And uh, yeah, and as long as we're talking about guests that we've been trying to get forever, just a quick reminder, more details about the 300th episode coming up next week and those massive bookings. And maybe between now and then, you might have sussed out who those secret guests are. Let's talk about it on the Discord. Absolutely. Make sure you are signed up to the Pokestars Discord server. The link is in the podcast description. You don't need to download anything. It's free to join. Join the conversation. Apply to be a super fan and win prizes. Answer Joe's what would you do dilemmas, which now seem to be a regular feature on the show. I get a lot of weird situations. <laughs> and yes, talk about this episode. Talk about the upcoming live show at the Hippodrome. We'd love to hear from you and we will do our best to respond. Either in written form on Discord ourselves or you'll hear from us verbally on the next episode of the show. All right, my babies. That is all the time we've got for this week's show. Until next time, post Paris. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.